0: Hello and welcome, my name is Darren Russell and I'm Just Your Average Creative. On this show, I talk to people from all walks of life about how they use creativity in everything from business through to hobbies to inspire you, the audience, to get out there, dream big, get creative. Episode 3, freelancing, telling is dreaming. Today with Josh Dycraft and uh, how you going?
1: I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, and great to have you. uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Uh, We first connected five or six years ago. We were just talking about through a mutual friend, and uh, it's great to actually finally have a chance to sit down and go through your history and what you've been up to. So, uh, can you give us sort of a sense of where you're at right now? Like, are you fully freelance? Uh, Like, what how like how many projects you got going, that, that sort of thing.
1: Oh, sure. um, so I've been working full-time freelance now since December 2012. Wow. Um, it's been a while now. Uh, and, but I first started, I first started freelancing uh, while I was at uni in 2009 right. and kind of got a taste for that kind of scene. Um, and I, did, I worked for an agency for a while fresh out of uni, but I, I didn't really enjoy it. Part of that, I think, in hindsight, was the people I was working with at the time. (laughs) uh, Yeah, uh, so I work, my business is, like, divided into two fairly distinct sections. Uh, My bread and butter, what pays the bill, what reliably pays the bills, is uh, more conventional graphic design, uh, particularly developing brands. Um, I've developed a pretty solid client base working in fintech. Um, And the other half, the less reliable but fun stuff, is is, uh, illustration. I did like images for like, uh, advertising, particularly, uh, right. campaigns, uh, magazines, that kind of thing. Um, in a, like a, in a pretty distinctive style. Yeah. Um, like I, I trained in, uh, originally in graphic design and photography. Um, and my illustration style is kind of a synthesis of the two. Like, I it's very heavy on like photo manipulation of my own photography.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's really cool. Like, um, Sorry to interrupt, but uh, uh, so like um, in the agency world, like I, I worked for an agency for like two weeks when I, when I first moved to London. And um, I, for me, I found that it didn't really work for me because I find that I work well in like a, in, in, as an internal graphic designer at a, uh, like at a company so I can get in and really learn what they're looking for and stuff like that. Like I found that for me, I couldn't swap between different things different mm-hmm. clients and stuff a lot easier uh yep. i feel like you don't have the same problem but you think it was just like maybe like you didn't gel with the the team exactly
1: yeah i didn't really i didn't really have a mentor there uh um, right. it was a marketing agency and he oh. was just kind of not a good dude <laughs> the guy who was, who was running it gotcha um, yeah and then uh, like i've freelanced for other agencies quite regularly um, and particularly with my illustration work, I come into contact with big agencies fairly regularly. Right. Um, but I've had a taste of the freedom of freelancing now. And I, ha- like, actually, I was contemplating this seriously last year. Like, I went through a period where my where my where my client load dipped dramatically, uh, quite drastically in short space of time. And I was left contemplating for a while there, could I ever actually go back to doing that kind of stuff? Right. Working for someone full time. And the answer was a hard no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, the freedom is just, oh, I can't like it. Yeah,
0: and, and that I would change. It.
1: I don't know. Okay, for what? <laughs>
0: because that, that really is uh, what a lot of people like about freelancing. And as someone who has successfully made a name for himself, like, as I can tell, uh, do you think it's all that it's cracked up to be or is the uncertainty of the client base sort of a little bit unnerving from time to time?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, Like it can be particular, like there have been some especially stressful times. (laughs) Um, Like if you don't have regular clients, then you're left wondering month to month if you're going to make rent. Um, And like, and yeah, there have been some pretty, some incredibly stressful times, especially um, the first couple of years after I started freelancing, like for for about six months, I went. I was working at a cafe as well, just to like support myself and take like and just take that stress out of it. Um, like, so when it's not working, it can be pretty awful. When it is working, it's fantastic. Yeah, There's, yeah, like yeah. And once you get once you get to a certain point and you have a decent like we'll say two or three, at least two or three regular clients right. um, who get bread and butter, then like, yeah, that's when it starts getting good.
0: So do you find that two to three clients that regular, so month to month, and then you get like a few one-offs here and there, that that's sort of like the workload you try to sit
1: with? Yeah. Like the real, the, I guess because my, like my illustrations of style is so niche. Yeah. I mean like regular work in that kind of style is a, pretty hard to come by right. like I, and I have had periods where like for almost a year I was I had an unbroken stream of work in illustration oh wow uh, like a couple of big like two ba- two really big campaigns back to back right um, and for a while there I was like oh this is fantastic this is what this is the norm <laughs> this is the dream uh, yeah but then I really ca- I mean in hindsight and then it stopped and I was oh. <laughs> pressed for a while yeah. <laughs> but, it was, but in hindsight I realized that I just got kind of lucky. Like that kind of stuff. Right. Projects that big, may, I don't know, maybe I'll get to a point where like, I have my name, I have a reach a point where my name is big enough that that actually happens. But right. I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> but,
0: you know. No, like, uh, the, I think you've, you've had a lot of projects that I've seen that have been very big ones, like you said. And, and I think that's a, a, you've definitely made it a certain way. Like that, that's not everyone gets to that point even. And uh, so I think that's pretty awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, was, I mean, that's like, it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I really love doing what I do yeah. and I'm like pretty happy that i have yeah. <laughs> Ma- made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> like there have been times where I've wondered if like, if I knew, like if I knew eight or nine years ago, what I know now, yeah. Would I have still gone ahead with it? I'm mm. uh, like, I guess the answer is yes. Yeah. but We uh, would have like some, there's a certain, certain component where like ignorance is like a key component. In-
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, I, th- I think that's the same with a lot of endeavors. Like if you go off and you actually think about it too much or you know, like you look back on it and you go, you know what? That, that was a lot of work.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, but exactly. And it may sometimes if you overthink things, nothing gets done. Exactly. Uh, right.
0: That What's that analysis paralysis kind of thing? Like you get stuck yeah. just thinking about it and you never do anything.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, I, I guess I kind of want to go back now so people got a sense of uh, sort of where you are, what you're sort of doing. And uh, I've sort of read a bit about you with your story. Like you sort of, you played a lot with Lego as a kid. And then actually you started off studying architecture of all things. I was just curious, like, what made you choose to study that in the first place? Did you have any inkling of like creativity before that, or was it sort of something you just sort of fell into, like you said, with Photoshop and stuff like that?
1: Well, so <laughs> in in high school, far and away, my best subjects were art and engineering. Got it. Uh, like I was top of the class or close to the top of the class in both of those subjects, and like in seventeen-year-old Josh's brain. <laughs> um, architecture seemed like a really great synthesis of those two. Right. Uh, which on paper it kind of is. Um yeah. and I did quite enjoy it. I wasn't speci- I wasn't an especially great architecture student. Um <laughs> but like I did enjoy it. Right. Uh, I got to a point though, like so I then I took a graphic design elective in my second year. Um got and like kind of fell in love with Photoshop by the end of that semester. Um, I was I was spending way more time in Photoshop than I was on my coursework, um, <laughs> so I was like, uh, maybe time for a change. But also, like, um, I was a little like I had I had one particular sit down with a lecturer and who like, and he, like he was talking to us about talking to us about um, industry prospects in architecture that really terrified me. Like, <laughs> they're like the industry produces way more graduates than it actually sure. needs.
0: Oh my Uh, God, that's terrible.
1: So like the, like the employment rates in architecture are even lower than they are in like graphic design, which is already, which is already quite low. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, for sure. (laughs) But like, it's like, oh, well, at least this way I'll have more fun. Um, Yeah. uh, And you can do like, you can do this a little bit more independently. So uh, you don't don't need a license to to practice. Yeah. And you don't need to be in
0: a firm and and stuff like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. So with that, because that was part of your skills, I know with your art style, you sort of you know, there's a lot of building and layering, and I know there's some three D elements as well. Do you feel like some of the, the skills that you had from like architecture sort of stuff sort oh, of translate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like right. some of my, like all of, like my the earliest like w- work I would call my proper illustration work, as opposed to like just sticking around in Photoshop, right. uh, was all like very architecture centric uh, like, i still love architecture and i find it incredibly yeah. fascinating um yeah, like for sure. the built environment is still like a, a thing that I'm, i find incredibly interesting yeah. and i'll probably come back to it like i'm not doing much of that right now but yeah. um yeah it's like it's still this like core interest that i will come. yeah that's it like it's influenced it's influenced as well i guess the way my brain works um I don't think i have really fit the tradition traditional kind of mold of a creative and that right like i have a very ordered like there's a certain ordering of my mind yeah that that helps for like my because my illustration work is incredibly technical yeah um in its execution um and a lot of like fine detail um and a lot of like heavy layering and like structure in terms of just the way things are created yeah um and also the way that like architecture working in arch- like in architecture and also like developing models in arch- like for architecture helped me um develop the skill set of being able to project three-dimensional space right yeah um that i think has been pretty fundamental yeah um yeah so it's kind of like all of that experience still informs my work now yeah no, um, and
0: that, that's awesome. Like that, that's actually the way I look at creativity as well. Like I would say I'm not like a standard creative either. Like I would say I've got like an analytical mind and some like businessy elements as well. And so I, I like to see things from like sort of a business objective side as well. So it's like I use my creativity to sort of accomplish a spe- very specific goal, not just for the sake of being the most beautiful thing or being the most creative yeah. thing. And I think that's something important that like creators should talk about is like all the different aspects. And I think yours is a very like perfect example where something that doesn't seem like it would work with creativity actually is like absolutely perfect for
1: it. Well, it's kind of only something I realized further later on in my career. Like, um, that's not yeah. Like the prettiest thing in the room is not necessarily the best design thing in the room. Yeah. Like design is problem solving. It's there yes. to like if it's if it's existing in its own for its for the sake of its own existence. It's not design. It's art. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, like, like design, graphic design fulfills a certain role in society. Yeah. And the way just the way our like our lives function.
0: Yeah, um, for sure.
1: Not just pretty stuff.
0: <laughs> even though you know sometimes pretty stuff is good too like, oh it uh, can be it can still yes. be gorgeous <laughs> but it,
1: like the but that, like those aesthetic properties should be secondary to its ability to, to address whatever role or problem it's there to solve
0: yeah um, yeah for sure so I also noticed on your uh, your LinkedIn profile so you had a couple of other jobs like along the way like I think I seem to notice that there are a lot of them who were like uh, cryptocurrency related companies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like um have you so apart from like your cafe job uh when you were first starting the freelance, did you get other like full time or part time positions along the way to sort of get by or sort of help pay the bills
1: kind of thing? Well actually so those one the the ones that are on my LinkedIn profile are all actually just clients. Uh, um, oh okay gotcha. Like, some of them are startups and they Got basically it. ask me to um basically pretend to be their like creative director or <laughs> to be full-time designer so that like it would look good for their investors yeah um, got it like so at least one of the ones on, on at least one of the ones on my on my linkedin is like it's a client i legit work for and work for a lot right but it's the, the my position there at the company is fabrication um, <laughs>
0: We're not um, going to get anyone in trouble by revealing this, though, right?
1: <laughs> no, 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 of course not. Okay. No, no. And okay. Then, like <laughs> one of the, and like one of the others, like um, so like one of my regular clients, my my longest running client, and one of my uh, one of my closest friends, um, guy named Mo Levin. I um, he he and I just so happened to be sitting directly opposite each other in a co-working space in Amsterdam. Oh no way! Uh, and this was in like I think this is like April twenty thirteen, and. Um, like he leaned around his desk one day he's like hey so have you heard of this bitcoin stuff um i'm <laughs> like he's just like he's just an incredible entrepreneur and he's got an in- amazing drive um and he turned like he turned around and like he identified that there was basically very few meetups and like conferences in this space right. and he turned around and um created a very uh, quite a small a very successful conference company out of that working in, like in the crypto space that's crazy and what and like working in that spa- in that space, like so I developed the brand for the conference and yeah. I uh, helped a bit with the organization of it. Um, uh, like led me to all kinds of contacts. Um and like yeah, it's been a steady, uh, a steady stream right, of uh, of clients that I've worked for, particularly doing like um that's particularly how like my portfolio took a, a distinct like branding slant. I would like right. I would come in and make, um create brands all these startups that were pitching for investment um, so i developed a kind of a reputation and a niche in that space um for like i developed the brand i developed the initial assets and maybe helped with the first version of their website but i would also the, the my big um, value add was developing a pitch deck for them so right. that they could t- turn around and pitch that to investors and yeah um, often like that pitch deck would become like a soft style guide um, that would just like or a de facto style guide, rather, yeah, um, and so like later the des- designers would come along and just like basically use the pitch deck that I'd developed.
0: Um, they' just sort of extrapolated into like a brand design kind of thing
1: yeah yeah, and it's been a very interesting area to work in yeah been a roller coaster that's for sure um, <laughs> it's a like an exciting like an exciting area i don't know if, do you know much about cryptocurrency
0: I don't know a huge amount, like I know a little bit of bits and pieces, but not a huge amount
1: it's kind of like. It's a bit like the Wild West of finance. Yeah, uh, like there are some bad dudes in that area, but <laughs> a lot of like, well, a lot of great and, warm and very well-meaning people doing yeah. some very exciting things because, like, the space for many years was not at all regulated. Um, yeah, and they could do all like, dual, like let, let them do let them do all kinds of things. Um, um, yeah, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Like, I I, I also now I'm um, myself working in a startup. I love the startup space. For, before I got this job, I sort of was listening to a lot of podcasts about uh, startups and like the startup ecosystem and how they grow and change. And it just sounded like me because a lot of the time I would find after, like, after the first six months at a job, I would be like, okay, I got onto a good rhythm. I feel like I was productive. I'd be doing it really good job in covering all the bases and being like, okay, cool, I'm set. Then after 12 months to 18 months and I'll be like, now I'm getting bored. <laughs> I'm just doing the same thing over and over. I'm, I'm just like, it's just a mass amount of work. And I'm like, this is not cool. But here, I've been here over 12 months now, not bored yet, not bored a single day. Just like everything's changing all the time. Like we're, we're constantly evolving or like one week, one thing will be the priority. then the next week it's like, okay, we've got to switch to this thing. And I need yeah. it done in like three days. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and so it's it, always keeps me incredible. on my toes. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's incredibly stimulating work. Yeah. Um, and like, as well, like, I don't know if you found this, but like, because startups tend to be a bit smaller, you've got a yep. bit more autonomy.
0: Yes. hundred um, percent.
1: Like, and which gives you like this, you can be, a, you can be much more just off, like much more creative, I guess. Yep. Just like you have this freedom to do things that you, would, you wouldn't be able to do in a larger company. Yeah, for um, sure. Particularly one with like a, like an established style. Yeah. Um, where you probably, like, you know, I imagine just find yourself kind of cranking things out to a certain, like, to this established style all the time and not being able to do much of, well, anything, I guess.
0: After a quick snafu and change of uh, scenery, uh, <laughs> I have uh, found a new spot with a power plug. <laughs> all right, so... um Back to it. One of the things I was interested about is in your freelancing career at the moment, are are you at a point where you can sort of like selectively choose your clients? Sort of like uh, if there's someone that you don't necessarily like to look of or you think their scope is too large and it's not going to like, they're not willing to pay enough. Like, is it at that point for you?
1: Uh, They have like, Mm. yes and no. Yeah. Uh, yes, Yes, in the sense that I'm like, I'm definitely at a point now where if I see like, if, cl- if a client rate, if I like get, if I pick up on red flags, right. I won't like, I won't think twice about walking away from a potential client, but n- no, in the sense that like, well, right. Like the last, uh, last six to nine months. Right. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Um, the middle, like the middle part of last year, sorry. Um, yeah. things got quite slow, um, just because like a few clients disappeared at the same time. Got it. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually coming back up to full speed right now. Actually. Um, yeah, I felt like if a client looks particularly shady or they're like, or I'm just getting a sense for from, of like what they're like expecting or not mm-hmm. expecting. Um, I'll be like, Hmm, you're going to be a whole lot more, more trouble than you're worth. Right. Uh, like, yeah. And if, they, or if they push, push back too aggressively on, like on price, like, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of red flags that are all, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, yeah, like the. I won't. I gen as a general rule, I don't turn down work unless I've already got a full calendar. Got it. Um, and for a good two or three years, nearly yeah, nearly three years, which ended roughly last April. Um, I I I was always booked, um, at least three, four, five weeks in advance. Oh right. Um, so that gave me a certain amount of freedom. The downside of that, though, is like sometimes. You'll get um, clients like you'll get big jobs from clients like the big agencies. They want to They want basically want you to start working, yeah. no more than like a week or two away. Um, the downside. The downside is uh, there's been a couple of really big jobs that I was like very down that I missed out on. Right. Um, like one in particular um, uh, that I was really bummed I missed out on. Um, like I actually got approached by like Amiga Watches which oh, are wow. far bigger than like far bigger than any client I have ever worked for. And, and I'm still yet to work for. All um, right. but I was just, there was like, like I was working on site for a client in the States. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. In the UK and like, there was no way I was going to be able to work for them for like another three weeks. And they wanted they They basically wanted me to turn around and start at least produce, be able to produce sketches. Um, to run by their, their ad and work out pricing and that that week, and I was just wasn't in a position to do that. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, that's rough. So, <laughs> so generally, I won't, generally I don't turn down work. Yeah, unless like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah. like
0: in in doing that client work, like obviously that was a bummer, missing out on that that sort of bad deal. But like, how do you? Is there, like, any tips or tricks that you have for, like, handling client expectation or making sure that you have the right amount of time to, do, to develop it the way that you want to?
1: The f- I guess the first thing I'd suggest is that you, like, just be upfront, like, sometimes brutally upfront. Um, I think I'm at a point now where I at least present a, present a picture and, like, a level of confidence. Right. That I can, like, I can say, a thing to a client and they won't question it so much. Mm. Um, like, because I just, I have that experience now. Um, yeah. Don't ever like hedge things to just, just to make sure you're walking, walking in a project. Cause right. that, can, that can, sometimes backfire. Um, has been my experience. Um, yeah, just play it straight. Um, and if like, sometimes you'll get a client who need, who like, desperately needs a thing by a certain, by a certain, um, point. And in that case, then you, you do, you do what you can to make it happen. And right. if you have to, then you charge more, um, like, <laughs> like generally speaking, no one really needs like, um, their creative content, yep. whatever function, maybe like that urgently. Um, like I had one particular client <laughs> a few years ago, um, they had, they'd had their original logo developed on like 99 designs or something. Oh, right. Uh, um, and then it turned out that the designer had just straight up plagiarized it. Like they Googled keywords from the project. Yeah. Um, and like pinched it from, um, from a competitor in, in another country and they'd wow. been slapped with a ce- cease and desist order. And they're like, ah, uh, we need a logo by Friday. <laughs> uh, how much time you got? Uh, so they, they basically bought my sleep yeah um, wow because like they, they needed to they needed to like about face on their entire like their entire brand in like no time um, but i mean mm. yeah oh, I, I do like um I, I like telling that story um to particular to, 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 to potential clients as a way to like illustrate that you definitely get what you pay for um, yeah those kinds, of, those kinds of things yeah um, for sure Particularly, like small businesses, like, uh, or and often sometimes, or sometimes startups. One of the first things when they're looking to save money, one of the first things they'll look to save money on is their visuals. Yeah,
0: Um, which is kind of silly when you think about it. Like that's like at the beginning, uh, that's all my soul you've got.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and particularly (laughs) when like, yes, exactly, because if you don't have a if you don't have a viable product yet, Mm -hmm. um, and you're pitching to investors or um, or whoever, like, like
0: oh, make it look really so good.
1: <laughs> so much of your first impression is entirely your visuals and your yep. brand. Like, and like, Oh, <laughs> <the> striking, <laughs> the the like, and like, because it's so foundational to how the successful yeah. project, how, like how successful the project could be. Like, yeah, for sure. And then you turn around and get a $300 logo, and <laughs> put and together then, a WordPress website. Yeah. And then, and then your pitch decks, does, like designed in PowerPoint, and oh god, <laughs> and, and that's how it um, all starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and then that's yeah, and then like yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, like some, and sometimes like a couple of jobs I picked up. I've been working for a client, and then they've gone and presented a, a presented a, at a conference or something, and they've 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 like taken the part the path I just. Mention them, they see see what I've produced for them and they're like, I want that one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. But that's
0: a good way they get extra work, obviously, because
1: they see what they don't like
0: and what they can get.
1: Yeah. It helps. Yeah. So like, but I guess that's part of like, um, that's part of like, like a a designer's role is educating the client to this stuff. Yeah. Um, Because like where else are people going to learn it? That's um, true. Like it's not really a part of our, we're, we're, we're in a culture that kind of fundamentally doesn't value the creative arts that highly. Yeah. Um, and doesn't sometimes doesn't think it's like a worthwhile, um, use of our time. Yeah. uh, um, and, and it's up like it's up to the designer to educate the client as to why what we do is important. Yeah. It's, and like what, uh, what, like, and how powerful our work can be when it's done well. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Um, it's- yeah, so another thing is, so a lot of times people find it hard to know what to charge. So just like you're saying, like, it's undervalued. Sometimes like, they push back hard because it's like they've got a certain budget and they didn't realize how expensive it could be. How, how have you figured it out? Do you do like a, flat rate for certain types of projects or do you try and figure out like the, the scale and, and go buy a time base?
1: I used to, I used to try and, in the past I like, I've tried to build like a framework of more hard, solid pricing. Right. Um, these days I generally base my quotes, like at least the starting point for generating my quotes will be like, I'll try and figure out how much time. I think i need to do this and do it right. well um and then uh, then like multiply that by my hourly rate or well, an hourly rate that i try to base myself around so like right. i generally build my quotes around 95 us an hour um yep. and then after that there'll, there'll be a sliding modifier of like based on like personally how much i want to do the work um mm-hmm. and how excited i am not to work on it um, how much money I think the client has, um, yep. so if I really like the work, but if I think the client doesn't have much money, then I might or like I might like heftily discount that. Um, then I might throw in out in fact, just like how much like have, like how many rounds of changes I think it might like based on the vibe I'm getting from the client mm-hmm. like sometimes sometimes you you'll get a vibe from a client where it's like, oh my God, you're going to be really fussy and really picky, and yeah. I can see that you're very thoroughly like invested in this project um you so you're going to want to make sure this is like you know, like you might as well just be like sitting over my shoulder while I design this yeah um that that also that that will that really increase the, the size of my quote yeah. um and sometimes also like so the, the other factor that comes into it that I still haven't got a handle on yet mm. um is like is usage rights
2: Oh um, right.
1: So I feel like a couple of times in my career, I've let money walk out the door because a client has turned around and like reused the project again a year later. Like uh-huh. what I thought was going to be a, what I thought was going to be a one like a one off campaign. They yep. turned around. They've loved it so much that they have turned around and used it year after year, ah. and, they've got, like, and they've gotten great value out of it, and they're super happy with me. <laughs> and like, um and trying to work that into a conversation and come up by that. Yeah. There's something I still haven't figured out. Um, Yeah. And that's not not something that you
0: would necessarily think about either. Like you you, you sort of, you get the work done, you get paid for the work at at a fair rate. It's like, you're happy, but then you think, oh, but if they then use it across this whole billboard campaign, that's like a national like campaign, that it's like a much larger scale than I thought it was then like, what does that mean? Like it was actually a bigger project than I thought it was. So then that affects prices too. So it makes sense. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Josh. Be sure to check out the rest in part two where I will also talk about my key takeaways. Don't forget to follow me or leave a review on social media or wherever you listen to podcasts and I'll see you next time.